Ashwini. Hi, Sanchi. We have with us today Dr. Ketki Jokhani. She's a postdoctoral fellow at Manipal Center for Humanities. Hi, Ketki. Hi, hi, Ashwini. Hi, Sanchi. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you so much for coming. I'm glad we could work out a time to make this happen. Uh, so, Ketki, could you tell us a bit about your research? Okay. So, the last few years, I've been doing research on a, a very new and upcoming research area called uh, single studies. So, last year, since last year, I've been developing a singlehood standpoint. So, basically, a kind of standpoint and a kind of perspective to understand singlehood, that is one thing. I've also been looking at the question of singlehood and housing, what happens when single people want to rent a house and live alone. Also, what happens to single people who live alone and uh, let's say who fall sick, right? So, singlehood and self-care. So, I've written a paper on that, on singlehood and self-care, especially during the COVID pandemic. So approximately this has been my research. I've been doing a lot of research on uh, single yes. This is a rather novel topic. I don't think I've ever heard anyone who's done research on this before. Uh, how did you, what was your journey, you know, getting into it, your process of getting into this field? Uh, that's a very good question. So uh, around 2016 is when I run, yeah, 2016 is when I was thinking about this. I don't exactly remember how I got into this, but I think it was more personal as most research always is for a lot of us. So as a single woman, I thought, you know, what are the concerns that I am facing? What is it? So, you know, through that, I came to find that there is some research on this. Nothing in the Indian context back then in 2016. In 2020, of course, there are just one or two papers, two papers or maybe on, on this, there are just a handful. But in 2016, nothing in the Indian context. So then I realized, oh, you know, there is a little work on this and there's a great dearth. There's a huge gap in the Indian context. So mostly how I came into it was because of my own personal experiences of being a single woman living in Mumbai at that point of time, yeah. Uh, how would you define single in this context? Single uh, as in living alone or not in any kind of romantic relationship? Okay, so single is a very broad term, right? And it's a term which I personally feel includes a lot of categories, but it's also a term which you can define for yourself at particular points of time. So if you talk about it as a broad category, it includes a number of things. It, it includes people who are legally single, right? Who are unmarried. It, it includes people who are socially single, those who are not in a romantic live, uh, relationship. So those single people could be living alone or could be, let's say, living with parents or roommates or uh, siblings, right? Then also people who are uh, divorced would come under the category of single. Then there are also people who are widowed would come under the category of single, right? But those who are single, who have never been married, that would come under the, that would uh, be called as never married, right? And again, all of these people could or could not be living with others, right? They could be living alone, they could be living with, maybe if somebody is divorced or widowed, they could be living with children or grandchildren or uh, even somebody who's never married could be living with their parents, could be living with their siblings, could be living with uh, maybe flatmates or friends, right? So there are a number of living arrangements and as well as a number of other ways in which one can be single. So every time I do research, I define, okay, when I say single, I mean never married people, okay, or when I say single, I mean X, Y, Z, right? So every time it has to be defined and I think that is a very good thing. So, single is basically an, an umbrella term at this point? Yes, sort of, yes, yes. I see. Uh, that's that's very interesting. And why is this in the Indian context or otherwise? Why is this uh, a topic of interest? I, I mean, not for you personally, but uh, how do things make a difference? Like, I never understood why it was uh, difficult for 
people who are single to rent a flat say all right so a there are a larger number of single women and men in the country right there are at least seven i think seven million single women and more so it's rising right a people are getting not getting married or people are getting married later and later right so that is one thing that it is it is a sizable population now so those concerns have to be taken into account you have to understand what are their experiences right in any study right so it's a population that you need to study secondly there are problems yes definitely if you are in a city so from my research i have noticed that if you are in a metropolitan city like mumbai or bangalore or delhi or pune or i'm not very sure about calcutta but in these cities if you are a single person and you want to live alone no no uh, landlord or very often housing society will rent an apartment to you now there are very various reasons for that so when a single man wants to rent an apartment they don't want to give it because they say we do not want bachelors in the housing society we only prefer families bachelors will bring women bachelors will party bachelors will make noise now single women are seen as uh, sexually promiscuous women they will be seen as corrupting society they will be seen as uh, women who will bring male friends who will spoil the environment so there are number of uh, it is almost impossible to rent an apartment in most of these cities uh, as a single person both for men and women so that that has been already established my research shows that it has been established there is a documentary on it so it is not exactly new this this kind of discrimination पर्सन I don't think it was really a problem for me. I just said that I was a student and I needed a place to stay, so it's not that difficult, really. But of course, I never uh, rented out an entire flat by myself. It was always a room, maybe. You know. But obviously, there are always you know conditions associated with it, like you can't bring so many friends or you can't bring. so many people at this time of night something like that and it's it's never it's not unreasonable though i never thought it was unreasonable so i don't know i guess the whole point of having your own place is that it's your own place for this time being and you should be able to utilize it the way you want to I mean sorry for the crass example but you know you don't want to you don't want a tenant who's maybe going to murder somebody and then you know put the body in in your apartment so it kind of makes sense that there would be some boundaries like for example if the landlord stays in the same place as the tenant then they can have a say in the amount of noise that you can have but uh, don't these things fall under common courtesy then exactly that's what i'm saying that i i don't see why it should be only a single thing like family should also have a noise limit i i think we're moving away from <laughs> single studies to telling rights let's get back to single studies <laughs> yeah sorry about that um so i was very interested about how you conduct your research kate okay so uh, mostly this um the work that i've done on single widow and housing and the one on single widow and self care those have been based on depth interviews with uh, long term single people who have lived alone so that is one that that is the major data that i look at so if you're asking in terms of how i conduct as in whom i'm speaking to or what is the data so that is the data and then of course then i analyze that and i also try to you know look at work similar work in uh, let's say other places or try to compare it like do how do we think about then single who is it comparable what are the gender differences 
So things like that, number of intersections that come into play. I have a few questions about intersections now that you've put the word out there. So uh, two questions. First one: What is the intersection between religion and singlehood? And the other one: What is the relation, like intersection between singlehood and the LGBTQA community? Okay, great question. So singlehood and well, religion aren't really explored much. but it seems to be that in uh, in many religious contexts actually it's very interesting that socially there is great pressure to couple up to get married right mm-hmm. married person will be looked at as an adult a married person will be looked at as complete a married person will be looked at as a responsible person right whereas a single person will not but very interestingly in most religious contexts within uh, especially from what i know within hinduism or maybe other religions as well a single person who is an ascetic is looked upon with great reverence yes. so i find that very interesting i find that a very interesting idea that what religion considers respectable and legitimate socially it seems with illegitimate right so that about religion Now the other question about LGBTQ that's also very interesting single people is there are number of overlaps between the way research and the kind of findings that have emerged from both both areas of research right so lg because both LGBTQ now even now in India of course because there's that movement going on LGBTQ people are just only recently been allowed recognized as you know citizens so before that even coupling was not recognized right forget marriage okay so a you are like single people lgbtq people are also outside the couple right the married heterosexual couple the way same way single people also are outside right so the kind of benefits that come to marriage and now in the indian context marriage is only heterosexual marriage right so the benefits that come from that you know the legal benefits the financial benefits the medical benefits the social benefits marriage has all of those now those are denied to let's say to single people for sure but also to lgbtq people historically in certain places where there is marriage equality not but otherwise historically that has always been denied right so in that sense the, those two categories intersect now it's not that there are that only single people only heterosexual and lgbtq people are always either coupled or looking to get coupled so there are both there are lgbtq people who are also wanting to or who love to be single right so all those things are there but at the same time if you look at let's say discrimination let's in the context of housing it it's possible that if you if you if you are let's say a muslim woman or if you are a transgender person or if you are a lesbian woman and that seems obvious or you you don't look in a particular way you will be far more discriminated against than if you are if you are let's say if you are renting a flat in a let's say a predominantly hindu upper caste society and if you are a muslim woman you are more likely to not even get that flat right so in that sense religion and um, your sexual identity intersect but there are these other concerns as well i think i think this kind of covers enough ground about it. what what a wonderful society we are everything is you, you you know divided by philosophy united by discrimination yes so you were speaking about uh, having written a paper on uh, singlehood during uh, these quarantining times uh, right would you like to elaborate on that Uh, very briefly i was basically looking at i was trying to see that okay single long term single people who have been living alone some of them might during the lockdown what happens to their healthcare concerns so there are certain people who have chronic illnesses who are living alone and there are other people who don't have any chronic illnesses also who are living alone right so uh, this this is true not just of single people but of everybody else so we all know during the lockdown we can't go out or even if we can go to the medical uh, we don't want to go to a hospital because that's risky right so what happens if you need medical care right during a lockdown 
so that's where the question of self care comes in and that's where that what that was what the research was about where i was trying to find out that what happens how do how do a single people practice self care and these are people who live alone right let's say some of them have a chronic illness somebody has diabetes or somebody has a chronic disease how do they handle that in in a situation where you cannot go out in a situation where you cannot go to the doctor how do you handle it so self care is a medical term right where you uh, where you are handling you are preventing and you are maintaining yourself right it's a medical term i'm talking about the medical self care i'm not talking about the popular so how, how do they manage it it was looking at it medically that how do they manage those diseases or if somebody doesn't have a chronic disease if let's say they fall sick or they have a little illness for a couple of days how do they manage it so self care is about that or in consultation with a healthcare professional what are the kind of medical tools we are using from personal experience i can tell you that whenever i fall sick i fall down to you know the uh, very basics of you know okay, indian health practices well haldi dud that's a good haldi dud that's a good solution a lot of people <laughs> whom i interviewed spoke about that that seems uh, turmeric has healing properties you know salt water gargling haldi dud what do you think are the factors that promote singlehood in society and what are the factors that deter it because i have a, like like as, as you said one of the things that you mentioned before was that people are you know not getting married or they're getting married late so like yeah what are the factors that स्टेट राइट वेर द स्टेट इज गोइंग टू लुक आफ्टर योर हेल्थ केयर फ्री हेल्थ केयर द स्टेट विल गिव यू अ पेंशन द स्टेट विल गिव यू एन अनएम्प्लॉयमेंट बेनिफिट राइट सो बेसिकली वेर द इज अ वेलफेयर स्टेट यू हैव अ सेफ्टी नेट राइट सो वॉट वन ऑफ द थिंग्स दर एनकरेज सिंगलहुड इज टू हैव द सेफ्टी नेट सो इन द एबसेंस ऑफ अ वेलफेयर स्टेट most of us especially in india and other places you are the family which acts as a as the safety net right but if the welfare state is there which is a safety net then there are people that encourages people not to get married because then they have a choice that you're not getting married so that somebody looks after you medically you're not getting married so that if you lose your job your husband or your wife will uh, cover the bills right so if the welfare state is there that encourages and that research has shown that there are higher number of single people that is one thing the other thing that encourages single people is community so if there are uh, especially for people who live alone where there are uh, communities where socially if there is that kind of social support that also encourages people to remain single because then you are not relying on let's say just your spouse or just your child to look after you or for all your whatever physical emotional and other things now what deters singlehood is pretty much everything else in life we this is what social psychologist dr bella de paulo has called singlism so the way we have sexism casteism racism we also have singlism which is basically the discrimination against uh, single people right and we also have what what she calls matrimonia the kind of over the top celebration of basically marriage and we see that right the news is full of matrimonia xyz celebrity is getting married look at her lehenga look at their wedding photos right there's an over the top celebration of certain life stages which is marriage and family and child right rather than other stages right so that is that kind of matrimony and singlism is something which you experience across life right from microaggressions to why you're not married to who will look after you to oh you're married you're you're single so we'll not rent you an apartment or you're single so you have to work longer hours or you're single so you do not have a life or you're single so you're not responsible or you're single so you don't know what it is like there are number of ways oh 
you're single so your uh, coupled friends will not socialize with you that is very very common right coupled friends socialize only with coupled friends family socialize with family nobody wants a single person right because either they are the odd one you know one factor that has come to my mind that i have like uh, obviously i don't research on this and i don't know much but the very little that i have seen because of you know college and everything is that the other thing that's promoting singlehood yes. corporate jobs like um, you know you you after college you you get placed in a company and um you you see this more happening in the you know private sector than the government sector because like see the moment someone gets a government job there's a marriage proposal at their door but point is that like with private jobs that what people will do is that get placed and you know like especially in tech circles people get placed in either uh, gurgaon bangalore pune mumbai and a, a lot of these people are like placed directly outside after college so then they are the you know the single population so like this is one of the things that i have seen that for at least like a, a sizable portion of their early 20s like from the past 5 6 years at least you have this sizable portion of people in their early 20s who are single and you know who are right. living either alone right. or they're living but what happens is stuff. generally this even though they are single that early 20s you are often not expected to get married the problem is with singlehood also comes when you are supposed to get married let's say late 20s to early 30s you have that pressure and you are supposed to and you do not so that late and long term singlehood is often becomes pathologized right oh she must be an old spinster oh she is a cat lady oh you know she must be lonely oh she must be frustrated so in your early 20s you are it's seen as desirable right oh you're single you are about town you can date right but at the point where let's say late 20s early 30s yeah. from there there onwards you are seen as a pitiable figure both as a man or as a, especially as a woman right and a single man is often seen as either a stud or he's seen as you know there is something wrong with him this 40 and single there is something wrong with him this woman is 40 and single she must be difficult she must be picky she must be an aggressive woman she must be a difficult person to live with there is something wrong with her or oh, she has missed the bus right she's left off the shelf who is going to look after her right so all of this is part of the singleism so that's where i'm saying is even though you see early 20s people are single that is the phase where it is legitimate to be single if you marry too early also you are seen as conservative right but if you don't marry also you are you are seen as this thing right so yes. that phase is somehow not seen as a problem if you are single it becomes a problem after a certain age yeah that does make a lot of sense that does make a lot of sense that puts it into perspective for me i wasn't thinking well, that way thank you for that doctor interesting thing is that people use the word spinster as as you know with negative connotations whereas the yes. origin of the word spinster is yes, so cool what's okay sure sure my turn so basically um i don't exactly remember how many years back but like a few hundred years back or so um spinsters were basically women who didn't need to get married because they were making money uh with cloth you know like they were making like garments and cloths i think it this was in the victorian period if i'm not mistaken i'm not sure about the time the point is it used to it used to be kind of a status symbol for a woman that oh i don't need to get married i can survive on my own Mm-hmm. So you know, so spinster—that's where it comes from. Yeah, the thing is, I'm not really entirely yeah, sure. It comes from that spinning the yarn, right? Spinster, somebody who spins. Now, I think I have to look at exactly what the connotations which we yeah. hear. Yeah, but it is cool. It is very different from it's what cool it started with, and now it's become a derogatory term. The way queer, the way queer is a. De- it started off exactly. as a derogatory term. Yeah. Uh, the first thing i every time I, especially you know i had this uh, librarian at one of the schools i studied in and uh, every time she was in a bad mood or she shouted at somebody uh, they would always say oh it's because she's a spinster and because she's living alone and she has no children so there are always these sort of snide remarks that are made 
that you know if if you don't one very common one is you know if you're a spinster and if you don't uh, have a, have children by a certain age then your hormones are going to kick up right. and you're just going to be a grumpy right. person throughout right. there your is that age. the cranky cranky old woman that thing yeah ya So I had one question regarding this uh, idea of loneliness is there any statistical evidence uh, or any correlation between loneliness and being single not at all absolutely not at all so this is one of the myths that uh, this is also part of that singleism and this is one of the myths that is often perpetuated that those who are single and especially those who live alone or basically those who don't have like a spouse in their lives are must be miserable and lonely whereas what is more common is people who are lonely in marriages right they are far more likely to be lonely in marriages so this doesn't mean to say that there is no single person who is lonely but there is no correlation that if you are single you will necessarily be lonely or that those who are lonely are single right yeah, but yeah. Uh, that there there is more evidence that people who will be you know people are far more lonely in marriage than well. so the, that that connection is not is not at all right that's a complete myth on a similar note uh, what is the correlation between introversion uh, introversion and singlehood that's a good question that's a good question so uh, a lot of single people who enjoy the solitude are introverted right are let's say introverts right so that that is one thing but also research has shown that single people are far more social than married people right so single people are far more likely to volunteer single people are far more likely to be politically you know in that sense active socially single people are far more likely to uh, look after their parents and their siblings they are far more likely to look after their friends they are far more likely to keep in touch with other people so basically single people are far more social and are far more co- are contributing far more to society than those who are married right so in that sense you could say they are extroverted but also there are a number of single people who value the solitude very highly so there are also those who enjoy who are introverts who enjoy their time alone and who enjoy their solitude right so there's a difference between loneliness and solitude right so that that's one of the things right so we can't really say that it's only that all those who are single are uh, introverted right so there's a combination of that and research has very clearly established that single people are far more in that sense far more social far more likely to reach out to other people and help i guess not having to deal with somebody else who irritates you the whole day keeps you more social <laughs> so this is what they call the greedy marriage right so marriages are generally insular and selfish right so that's the other thing that single people hear oh you're not married you're selfish right but it's the married people who are selfish because their whole life and everything is about their spouse and child right for them they don't have time for anybody or anything else right mm-hmm. so it's the single people who because that is not there they are far more likely to then uh, you know be more connected with the others whereas here the married people are what they call the greedy marriage or the in insular yeah. exactly so, that you said is it just one of those cases where all the stereotypes we have about something are because the other side's projecting it on them because they don't want to feel like oh we are so miserable you all are also miserable with us <laughs> no i think there is that idea this those who are married or those who are putting up with a whatever stupid husband or wife 
or those who are bringing up children and doing that hard work are doing it selflessly so that is the idea and that is why the single people are seen as those who are selfish right whereas it's the opposite on the contrary though i don't know i mean a lot of people like why would why else would you have children if you're not inherently selfish you know that you don't want to see copies yourself in, of yourself in the world i mean i personally yeah. think that having a child is a very selfish act good idea hmm. i mean yeah it's also putting a burden on environmental resources like if you really want to have a a child child there are so many children in the world who who can be adopted you know everyone just about their own biological child oh my genes you know like the genes hold the um, cure for cancer or something um, the cure for covid it's yeah a, it's a patriarchal idea it's a patriarchal idea that uh, yeah patriarchal and also casteist idea right that we don't know i want to a I, the man wants to carry forward his genes and the other thing is uh, we don't know if we adopt we don't know who's cast to be built into us you know the blood then the family line and the family line is always made you know it's a patriarchal and caste system mm. i have one more question um i don't know if it's like out of the left field or something but um it has to have there been any studies about um singlehood in so, like like you mentioned welfare societies but this is more of a social thing like uh, singlehood in societies which have arranged marriage versus which don't where you have this idea of arranged marriages right in that in our context so within the peer group that is different but socially either you are unmarried or you are married right the idea that you are dating somebody or you are in a romantic relationship with somebody without being married that is not there right so either you are unmarried or you are married right so you are single if you are legally unmarried right even though socially you could be a couple for years together or whatever right and your peer group so this is one thing so where you have this arranged marriage thing and that that is the only sanction thing that that area of romance and that area of coupledom before marriage is not recognized socially okay that is one thing but in places where there is no this idea of arranged marriage where let's say the idea of premarital sex is not a problem where the idea of living together is not a problem right where people are coupled but they get married with a partner of their choice maybe after many years of living together right there the pressure is so whereas in the indian context the pressure is to get married in the western context the pressure is to get coupled up to get married of course but also primarily to get coupled up so oh are you dating somebody are you seeing somebody why are you not dating why are you not going out oh my god you're single you could not even find a man you are why are you alone on a saturday night why are you alone on a new year's eve why are you alone on christmas so that idea especially in romantic movies that we see right so there the question is of coupled or marriage or not marriage of course is also highly valued but the there's a great peer pressure to couple up whereas here socially there's a great pressure to marry that that kind of pressure socially to have a boyfriend is not there there's pressure to marry so if that is a difference so both places singlehood are seen as a problem it is not any better in places where there is no arranged marriage i sometimes feel it worse because there is the pressure to get married but there is increasing pressure to there's always been that pressure because of popular culture to couple up to have a boyfriend very young to have a girlfriend very very young in this context i read some time back and by some time it can mean anywhere from the past one year to five years so some time back about um, how in countries like japan and south korea people are not dating anymore yes well, so yeah i mean in japan people are also getting can i don't know if the law has been passed or not but at some point of time you could just marry a doll like a, an actual doll so what is the cultural context of singlehood in these kind of societies so that's what i'm saying so there is some research on this but it, i'm not familiar with it so i cannot really comment but there is research on these so each so that's what culturally these are different but it's very interesting you know i don't know i just find japan very interesting i think it's all the great miyazaki movies <laughs> Yeah so uh, 
I also had uh, is going back to your point about children. I had uh, another uh, thing. I've heard it is extremely difficult for single parents to adopt in a lot of countries around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, can can you uh, maybe share share some light on uh, the specific laws in India or what can be done to improve it? That's a good question. I really haven't looked at this aspect of single people adopting. So I don't know much, but from the very very little that I know, A is in the Indian context. Uh, I think there's an age limit up to which somebody can adopt. Um, so yeah, for for males, you cannot adopt a female child unless you have a 19 years of an age gap. Okay. Okay. So I think for women also there's a for both. So so basically for both men and women there's a certain cap age cap after which you can't adopt a child. That is one thing. Uh, for various reasons and the other is i think you need to it is it might be easier if 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 you're financially very stable and secure so that helps it's mostly even for couples those who want to adopt that is the same hurdle they they demand that to see how much money do you have how much can you look after the child so a lot of it revolves around the social class so these days in some sense it it far more acceptable i'll tell you why because a lot of celebrities have been single parents right have adopted sushmita sen there is that uh, actress malayali actress and dancer very famous dancer shobhana was adopted yeah. right so there a number of prominent single women and like men celebrities mm-hmm. right who have adopted children right so in that sense it's at least to be in the public domain it's at least with you know it's there it's out there right so that is there so basically yeah you need to prove your financial stability to be able to do but i'm not exactly examining this question i'm sure there are many hurdles i'm sure it's a struggle i'm sure there'll be differences between a single woman adopting and a married couple adopting i'm sure there would be but i haven't studied it it's an interesting question but because i haven't studied i won't be able to tell you oh you know you know these are the things which we need to improve so that it's easier for single let's say single women or men to adopt right because i haven't studied i won't be able to tell you but one thing that i know is that uh, the find a it's, it's increasing and it uh, and the other thing is your finances matter a lot your earnings matter a lot and what about um singlehood in senior citizens that's again a very good question again something which is not been studied so the thing is so right now if you look at in the indian context most of the old people who might be single would be widowed or divorced right mostly widowed right because that generation which let's say got married in the 60s in the 60s or the 70s right mm-hmm. would you know those who were growing up let's say at that point of time who might have got they are they are very they are less likely to remain single so there are far there are fewer examples right now of people who have never been married and who are let's say in the 70s or 80s but those kind of never been married in the 70s or 80s are visible in religious community mm-hmm. that's what i'm thinking then is one space where that is acceptable right it's acceptable for you to be a sadhvi it's acceptable for you to be a nun and be 80 right and there you don't have to bother the church will look after you right uh there here the community will look after you or so you know there are certain spaces where that is there so those you will find older people who are not married but otherwise outside those kind of community spaces those kind of religious spaces it's very hard to find the only people then you will find is widowed and which is very very common widowed men or women right they might or might not have children or uh, even if they have children children don't live with them so there's a high i'm sure there are number of uh, older people who live on their own which is also why there is this um, the rise of the senior home right the very fancy become a class thing right it's an aspiration right where you earn your whole life to save up enough to 
have a fancy high class old uh, you know senior home where you live in a senior so those kind of places a lot of people who are widowed or divorced or who might you know those rare people who might not have married who are senior citizens they might be there but otherwise i don't know but this is again a very good question which needs to be explored at least in the indian context in the western context uh, i don't know much i see i do think such a thing would for example you have senior care homes would such a model be also made for single people do you think it would work for for single people in general of all ages i think it's mostly for single uh, mostly those uh, senior homes are for people who who are in some sense single right your children are not with you your husband or wife has passed away who will look after you right right it's mostly those kind of categories right where you are infirm and there is no one to look after you or you you are both as a husband you're married but both husband and wife let the children are not there you're both old and frail and whatever chronically who look after you right so these are ways in which you ascertain that you're looked after right so these are definitely places where you uh, can be can be there but again we'll have to see that are single people really going there there are certain i think there is one um, i think there is one group or somebody who does this this made this kind of space and made this kind of city home where single people aging single people can kind of yeah because i would presume that this sort of thing would give a sort of a support community support if it was if such a concept was there just for single people in general irrespective of age yeah that's a that's a very good idea isn't that the whole six, 1960s hippie movement in the us mm-hmm. communes and everything that's a very good point it, it it comes down to that right so unless you have a commune or a community you're cut up so that's what happens with families right it becomes segregated segregated you become a nuclear unit where you are fending for yourself and looking after yourself Mm-hmm. so that is what creating these kind of communities for people for single people across ages is is necessary but at the same time it also difficult but are you so able to create these kind of communities offline or are you able to let's say four five friends who decided to remain single will you buy a house together and live together so that is a little kind of support system on its own so those kind of things this is what in the west they call the urban tribe right so these are definitely in fact feminists have been thinking that saying that what is the alternative to marriage you only alternate especially for women is to have these kind of communities but it's not like it's take uh, it's not takes an option it's not very easy to also establish because the the institution of marriage and that that, that kind of patriarchal institution is so strong it's very hard function out absolutely socially not be supposed so the only way social uh, only socially legitimate ways these kind of communal communities and function are only within religion if i want to be single then it's probably better for me to become a sadhvi <laughs> oh you will be look you will be revered you will get a <laughs> will get a political ticket also yeah and then and then i'll come to listen to you and be like hmm, i these used to be private sessions before <laughs> this used to be our podcast before <laughs> <laughs> and and i had one more question now you know like you mentioned patriarchy so that brings me to one of patriarchy's biggest weapons that's monogamy and um would you call monogamy the natural enemy of singlehood no i don't think so that is some sensation what about monogamy that no because uh, a lot of married people are not monogamous it's about the marriage and coupledom and coupledom is also not very often not monogamous even though socially it's not sanctioned uh, most married people is a high rate of infidelity so there is no monogamy there but that is socially sanctioned so it's not like monogamy is the problem the that that institution of marriage and coupledom which is the so doesn't coupledom come under monogamy so yes coupledom comes under monogamy but what i'm saying is ground reality terms of ground reality that coupledom is never really monogamy right because marriages have high rates of infidelity which has been established in the indian context 
beat uh, even, yeah even in the indian context oh absolutely definitely Ab- absolutely okay. this has been established this has been established it's very high it's not just that men are saying uh, women men are both I, I mean yes considering that you know it, we're talking about heterosexual if only men were being infidels there are so many benefits to marriage there is so much pressure to get married Uh, what are the benefits to marriage like what are the benefits of singlehood versus benefits of marriage the benefits to singlehood in my understanding are far greater than to marriage but socially marriage is greater benefit that you have so you have the legal and social and financial benefits to marriage right yeah, yeah also you probably oh. also have like tax or evasion etc not Absolutely. So, for instance, so if you take Medicare, so whatever you can put somebody, you can only nominate, let's say, somebody who is related to you by blood on that. You cannot put a friend. So again, if you marry, that is good, right? Because your parents will not live forever. Or let's say, yeah, for taxing purpose, for tax purpose. Then let's say, uh, if you are living with another person. Let's say a spouse, your costs are shared, right? If you are traveling alone, your costs are higher than if you are traveling with a spouse. The number of ways in which everything is subsidized, everything legally, socially is—you're also socially not at all. Uh, you're socially seen as a lady, yes, especially as a woman. You're socially seen as a complete adult woman only if you're married, right? If you're not married, you're not. You're not even adult. You might be forty, even responsible, right? So those are the social, great social benefits to marriage. You become a human, complete human being only when you get married, right? So those are great. Then you have these legal benefits to it. You have the financial benefits to it, right? Then so basically, this entire system is rigged against singlehood. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's far. I feel it's far more rigged in the Western countries than in India. Oh, is it? Because there, uh, here we don't really know. So here, legally, I'm not a legal scholar. So we need to see legally what is there. We don't know enough. But in the Western context, this has been studied, and they found hundreds of laws which are favoring marriage. Yeah, but uh, you brought up an interesting point, which actually I wanted to ask about. So you said that uh, when you're married, uh, costs are shared. So you all your costs come down, which is a little counterintuitive to me, because I would presume that there would be a lot less costs if you didn't have, a, say, a family, or a, you know, if you were not, if you were living alone. Not really. On the contrary, if you have someone living with you in that same space, your rent becomes half. That's true, but you're also paying for a bigger house, probably. Think about it. If you're single and you're living in like a one BHK, and I don't know Mumbai rates anymore, but it'll be high. But yeah, if you're definitely. living with two people and um, and you're still living in a two BHK, your cost sing your one person's cost will still be lesser than that one single person in the flat. Hmm. I see. Yeah. Makes sense. You're share, you're sharing domestic. costs also like um if you're employing domestic help then that cost is shared and you're sharing different kinds of labor also that saves time mostly for the man obviously but you get my point yeah 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 so i'm saying yeah in this context is right because then single people are doing everything right so if there's a couple things are there's that division of labor right so mm-hmm. one person does person does that but a single person has to do all of it The other thing is when you are traveling, right? You book a room. You book a room in a hotel. You're paying that this thing, that same amount. You book as a couple. You are saving on it. You're taking a cab. That two of you you save, right? You're traveling alone is very expensive, right? So there are number of ways. Certain cruises they'll charge you more as a single person than as a double. Oh, Certain, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, I of know. Of course, of course, yeah. I know for a fact that these uh, many of these comedians online shows which happened, the single person ticket was much higher than the when you have a double ticket or you buy a family ticket for three, the per head cost is much lower than if you take a loan. Uh, that single cost, right? So those are ways to ensure that you're always, you're always around, you're always with people. You're not doing anything on your own. 
Mm-hmm. The one thing when again going back to the child point, you know, uh, Sanjay was speaking about how people want to have their own or their uh, children, their own children. I think uh, one thing which we are discounting over here is that this is a biological thing too. I mean, we are biologically wired to reproduce so that the the generation moves forward. You know, the uh, human huh. humanity does not. Uh, cease to yeah. exist. Yeah. Maybe that may be one reason, which is why um, ma- not maybe not marriage, but uh, being a couple might be encouraged. Um, yes, I'm saying being a couple is definitely encouraged because it's it's basically a patriarchal society, right? So it's encouraged so that you carry the line. You're this thing because a lot of countries are very worried if people don't have children right the whole population drops for example uh, sorry uh, sanji you spoke about japan japan is yeah. a major crisis because uh, they don't uh, essentially their young population is not that much a lot of their population is aged yeah. aging population syndrome right happening in europe as well yeah yeah So, do you think singledom could pose a problem in that aspect? Not really, because you are. Then we are assuming that those who are single will not let adopt or have a child. Because there are a number of single people who are like, oh, I don't want to get married, but let's say I want to have a child. Could be biological, or I want to adopt a child, right? Or yeah. uh, let's say my, you know, whatever sibling has a child, so that is also my child. But I definitely, uh, I think government, I think in these countries, look at not necessarily single dumb, but uh, basically women as a problem, right? That these women are even if they're married, they don't want to have a child, or they're infertile, or they want to focus on their career, so they're delaying having a child. They're not having a child, so it becomes like, oh, you know, women are worse. Or you know, couples don't want to spend the time or energy to have a child and bring up a child. Why are the ones who are married? Why are the these couples not humanity divided by everything, united by women hatred? I guess that's all the questions I have. Uh, Sanjay, do you have any questions? Oh no, this this was a very very informative uh, session. I would like to say and thank you Katie so much like a lot of my misconceptions have been like cleared thank you so much for inviting me because it is great always talking about it and i think being asked questions is wonderful because that also gives me ideas it, it helps me as well think through <laughs> things so i now have been reading researching and teaching about yeah, yeah. so this was for me as well So, uh, Kate, Kate, is there anything you would like to say, especially for those who, uh, against singlism? Singlism. It's called yeah. Singlism. You will soon be a dinosaur if you continue being a singlish person. <laughs> <laughs> That oh, is. Oh well, we won't have to worry about fossil fuels then. <laughs> That is. <laughs> Amazing! Thank you so much, Kathy. I had a wonderful time. I learned a lot. Um, Thank. You. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Oh, sure. We're lovely. Thank you so much, Sanchi. Thank you, Ashwini, for having.